forever. Dog. Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. Hey, everybody else. Welcome to our podcast. Scary, Scary Stories to, to Tell on the Pod. pod. It's a, a podcast. <laughs> it's oh, a podcast. We never do that when we're in the same room. I know. It's interesting. What a thrill to introduce we a We had new... a stutter start, and I did it the first time that time. But I know. this is a new, and I think we both are very polite people. <laughs> Let's say it at the same time. Three, two, one. It's, it's a, a podcast, podcast about, about scary ghosts. ghosts. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Don't you love this? Don't you love this? Okay, great. It's a podcast about scary ghosts, and that's true. That is true. We tell, uh, it's a comedy podcast. We're comedians, Mm -hmm. and we talk about a thing that we like, which is scary stories. We are not um, spooky dudes. No. We're not. We're we're spooked dudes. (laughs) We are spooked dudes. So if you are looking for a different podcast, go find it. Yeah. Uh, Or don't. Listen to this one all the way through. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. But just keep in mind we're morons (laughs) and we're fun and we've been friends for 14 years. That's true. And that has to be worth something. It it really is. Yeah. So we talk about um, Alvin Schwartz uh, with illustrations by Stephen Gamble's amazing trilogy of children's books called Scary Scary Stories Stories to Tell in the the Dark. dark. And um, Andrew, today's Monday. It is. And it is the day that we read a story from the source material and it is in fact your turn it is wow which is such a thrill as always you love uh, it I, I do love it it i was thinking about i was trying to so today's the day after the super bowl did you know it is did you li- did you watch it i did and uh jason is a 49ers fan so it was hard Aww. but we were watching at heidi gardner's house and she is the biggest chiefs fan on the planet she made card like construction paper cutouts I saw of her all pajamas. their numbers those are their overalls. Oh my god! Their overalls with the Mahomes jersey underneath the cage <laughs> Chiefs. There was decorations everywhere. She made like chain, like paper chains and oh, cheese colors everywhere. Wow! She wrote stars and hearts with all of their names and numbers on it on the walls. And she had Mahomes magic cereal <laughs> that every time they had a touchdown, she made several people have a bowl of cereal. <laughs> One time, she had made them have a bowl of cereal just to rally the troops because they hadn't scored in a while. Um, so I was like, I really want Jason's team to win, but I don't want to be in this room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when they look. Things could get real dark real fast. <laughs> it's like, uh, you have it. <laughs> I want you to have my wallet, yeah, sir. <laughs> Jason, I'm sure, took it so graciously. He really did. Yeah. And he was really sweet. Anytime they were like, oh, 49ers did this bad thing. He'd be like, yeah, you're right. They absolutely did. And that, that was a bad call. The ref should have called that. And that is emotional maturity. It is. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to. Which it's the day after the Super Bowl. That's true. And so I was trying to find something that was like sports themed. Did you watch it? I'm sorry. I, I didn't. I instead went to go see Jacqueline Novak's show, <gasps> Get On Your Knees. <gasps> the best. Which was so next level good. Doesn't it just. It, everyone just go see it. It runs through the 16th. It's so to. fantastic. It's so good. The audience was really particular last night because it was the Super Bowl and it was like, who's going to. And but it was an amazing packed raucous crowd. I feel like that would be really in the pocket. Oh, her, yeah. Loved anyone it. Anyone who's not watching the Super Bowl. <laughs> and in the pocket, I think is a football term. Wow. Very good. I just instinctively looked at Alex, but he is not. Big enough <laughs> it's fine. We're important. So uh, I could not find. There are a couple sports related ones, but they're not football related. Okay. So I just took a left turn 
boy did I ever. Uh, today we're going to be reading really something that that skews on the side of urban legend. Okay, it's the horror of the real, uh, the babysitter. It was nine o'clock in the evening. Everybody was sitting on the couch in front of the TV. Everybody. Everybody. There were Richard, Brian, Jenny, and Doreen, the babysitter. It is so rare to have four named characters in these stories. Yeah, and not all at once. Mm -hmm. And also I like that it sets up that the three, the status quo, the normal person is a child. Mm -hmm. And Doreen, the babysitter, is the outlier. This is not an adult-centric story. Totally. All of these people have adult names, which is very funny, imagining. One more time, the names? Richard, Brian, Mm -hmm. Jenny, Mm -hmm. and Doreen. Yeah. Jenny's a child name. Doreen is 85. (laughs) Yeah, this definitely dates it. A teen babysitter named Doreen. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. The telephone rang. Maybe it's your mother, said Doreen. She picked up the phone. Before she could say a word, a man laughed hysterically and hung (gasps) up. Yeah. Nowadays, I would just call the police immediately. I, I yeah. There's nothing scarier than laughter on the phone. I'd take out my several guns that I own <laughs> and just start shooting in every direction. Starting with into the receiver of the phone. And then the kids. Yeah. <laughs> so they don't get scared. <laughs> I'm just going to shoot you so you don't get scared. Sorry, it's, just, it's my job. <laughs> Who was it? Asked Richard. Some nut, said Doreen. What did I miss? So... As a kid listening to this, I, first of all, coveted the idea of a girl babysitter. I oh, had yeah? two older brothers. I was only babysat by them. It, it was really just like them watching Sports Center and me getting them drinks. That was like what being babysat by my brothers was like. And I had. I can't the- imagine being served a drink by a child. <laughs> Who would want that? Oh, it happened constantly. <laughs> I learned how to use ice trays very young. Oh, my God. Yeah, you were youngest of four. Yeah, yeah. So the hierarchy was very clear. Oh, boy. Yeah, I would, um, I would watch SportsCenter, and in my head, my only way that I could enjoy it was I would guess which of the newscaster was most likely to be a werewolf. And that was like, I'd be like, well. The answer was all of them. <laughs> the answer was all of them. All right. Also, uh, Doreen saying some nut really puts it firmly in like 1958 to me. Some nut. Some nut. At 9.30, the telephone rang again. Doreen answered it. It was the man who had called before. I'll be there soon, he said. And he laughed and hung up. Who was it? The children asked. Assumedly all in unison. Who was it? We're 45. (laughs) (laughs) Some crazy person, she said. Her composure is astounding It's in this moment. This is from like a pre, you're allowed to get upset about stuff time. Right. <laughs> like this is still firmly in like. Eisenhower era. It's like a very Cold War approach to um, what you're allowed to get upset about, which is just about nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this makes me think one so time um, a man started kind of flipping out on an airplane that I was on with Chris. And I like very concerned. I was like, what's going on? And Chris went like full dad mode and he said, eh, it's just some guy being a character, which I found very common. Chris is a time traveler. And I know that you know that, but <laughs> I, I just need to let the listeners know that I, he is from another time. Yes, he certainly is. Um, broke. All right. Oh, I thought you said he was broke. No. <laughs> broke. <laughs> yeah, he's from another time. Broke. <laughs> Oh, my God. Andrew's entire personality changes for one word, one syllable. (laughs) My damn husband is broke. 
a stadium no. of people on their feet screaming so happy. Oh, poor Chris. <laughs> Baroque. I should have Baroque. put more pronunciation he into is that. Baroque. <laughs> About 10 o'clock, the phone rang again. Jenny got it first. Uh, and then the idea of a child Jenny. getting the phone first. Spooky. Very scary. Hello, she said. It was the same man. One more hour, he said. And he laughed and hung up. He said one more hour. What did he mean? Asked Jenny. Aren't we all Jenny? Yeah. Just just oblivious. Today is the day of the Iowa caucus. Yes. I very much feel like, what did he mean? (laughs) He said one more hour. (laughs) What did he mean or what does that mean? Uh, I think he said, I think she said, what did he, what did he mean? What did he mean? What did he mean? (laughs) One more hour to the Iowa caucus. That. Oh my God. Politics. I wish I were were dead. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, said Doreen. It's somebody fooling around. Her, her de-escalation of it from starting with, it's some nut, it's some crazy person. This is just someone fooling around. It's interesting because it's, we're descending in stakes. A nut. A nut is more unpredictable than... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Unpredictability is a great fear of mine. When people behave in unpredictable ways, hate that. Oh, yeah. Don't love impulsive people. Okay. I'm scared, said Jenny. Relatable. About 10.30, the phone rang once more. When Doreen picked it up, the man said, Pretty soon now. And he laughed. Why are you doing this? Doreen screamed. And he hung up. This is like me contacting a meal delivery service. You know, like I feel it's pretty constant. We have a back and forth in terms of phone call. They don't know how to get into my building. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you doing you this? You live in a castle tower, sort of <laughs> you're kidnapped and they are the prince. It's um my building is very much like a off site Orlando hotel slash like dormitory, you know? Doesn't yeah, it, don't for you get that unwed vibe? boys. Yeah. <laughs> that is very much how it feels. Oh, but yeah, I also think LA is much more. You'll get the delivery person who's like, "Hey, I'm at the restaurant. Would you mind coming here to get?" Yes. <laughs> like, sure. <laughs> I think the funniest one that happened to me one time is uh, I was ordering from a Mexican place, and they didn't have one of the items I'd ordered, and they were like, "We can give you a piece of fruit." <laughs> Which I was like, no. God, mom. Is this a new, is this a diet service that I I've know. been signed up for without being aware of it? Did I ask to be tricked and then you erase my memory like a, a turtle sunshine kind of situation? I mean, look, sign me up. Was it that guy again? Asked Brian. Yes, said Doreen. I'm going to call the operator and complain. I guess this was pre 911. Because wasn't 911 oh. created like post Genovese, Kitty Genovese? Oh, I guess so. Is that her name, Kitty Genovese? Kitty, I always say Kitty Genovese. Kitty I'm Genovese. sure her grandmother would say it. Genovese. <laughs> um, yeah. But. Did you see I that documentary about her? No. And like everything we know about that was Is wrong. wrong. I know, but I like knowing what I know about it and I okay. don't want to be different. I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. Um, I won't upset that. But I do recommend checking out that documentary because it is crazy. And she was a super interesting, compelling person. I know. Yeah. Anyway, what so that yeah, I guess I'm gonna call the operator to complain. Right. Different. About you, someone else's behavior. Very different time. Yeah. Okay. I guess maybe to block a call. Could you do that back then? Anyway. Uh, the operator told her to call back if it happened again, and she would try to trace the call. At eleven o'clock, the telephone rang again. Doreen answered it. Very soon now, the man said, and he laughed. 
and hung up. Doreen called the operator. Almost at once, she called back. That person is calling from a telephone upstairs, she said. You'd better leave. I'll get the police. Just then, a door upstairs opened. A man they had never seen before started down the stairs towards them. As they ran from the house, he was smiling in a very strange way. A few minutes later, the police found him there and arrested him. And then what? That's the end of this version. I I respect that this one does not end with um, the girl going upstairs and the children all being killed. You know? Oh, is that a version? That there are like there are differing, scary, gorier versions. All, have you ever seen the film? No. The, uh, when a stranger calls. No, but that's one of Jason's favorite movies. Uh, the first ten minutes of that movie is like the best scary movie you've ever seen. The Carol Kane version. Yeah. She, yeah. First of all. Incredibly inventive and great to cast Carol Kane as a teenager. I mean, she was young, but like she has sort of like a mature energy, but yeah. she's so good. Also, her eyes are so They're big so and big. so scared. You can get scared. Oh, man, that part scares me so much. Um, I guess I'd be interested to see how they sustain that for a whole movie. Is a lot of it just her escaping from him? No, the twist is like the, the, this story is like the cold open of the movie. And then oh. it like fast forwards 20 years. No way, yeah, really? Yeah. What then happens? And then it's like the killer. What then happens? What then happens? It's like the killer gets out. Oh. Uh, oh. He, he's like, he like serves his sentence and then he gets out. <gasps> no. And he like fi- tries to find Carol Kane Carol again. And there's this scene where she's at a restaurant and someone's like, there's a telephone call for you. And she's like, okay. And she leaves. And uh, her oh. kids are with a babysitter and she picks up the phone at the restaurant no. and it's like, have you checked the children? And it's very scary. <gasps> That's so scary. And in that one, the kids die. Well, the, in her the, kids? No, no. In the, in the, the cold open, the kids she was babysitting die. He you, kills three kids and then goes to jail for 20 years? Yeah. <laughs> different, also different time. Damn, sign me up. <laughs> that sounds good. He was like, I had three breakfast sandwiches today. I'm not responsible for my it's actions. Like, I'm so dehydrated. I like I was I thought I was mad, but I was actually thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my defense for anything. Oh my god. Honestly, hungry, angry, lonely, thirsty. That's the- <laughs> well, here's the scary thing about this, and some light research into this. Okay. Um there there were like two babysitter murders no. in the 1950s where the children weren't killed, but the babysitter was strangled with a phone cord. Why? Isn't that scary? Who would some, do this? Some, uh, that, that's, they don't really know. I, there was some, there's this documentary that I'm now forgetting the name of, but I'll post it in the description of this podcast. Um, that kind of covers urban legends and the truth behind them. It might be called like, Scary legends, I don't know. Um, and scary legends, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, it's from the maker of the documentary Cropsy. Have did you ever see that one? No. There's a Staten Island uh, <gasps> urban legend about a killer named Cropsy who lives in the woods, who no. turned out to be a real person. That is who existed. Not, I don't want. And that. so then he made a follow up, and it was like he did. He did one that was like um, the babysitter murderer, the Candyman. Um, and yeah, kind of covers all these different stories, but there were these two murders where babysitters were strangled with phone cord and they think the wrong person was, was tried for it because of just sort of like racism, I think. And they think it probably was someone from her high school, which is very scary. I don't like that. I know. 
Um, but wait, so the babysitter murders were like people who are in the house or are they just. Murdered? I mean, I think that the, the origin is not that they, they were in the house. It's just like a babysitter was, yeah. was a babysitter called the police saying I'm getting crank phone calls from someone no. who like says they can see me. Yeah. And I don't I don't really know what the what oh. to do with that was. It makes me feel rough. Also, when you think about how young some babysitters are, like I can't Look. imagine that. Look. Children shouldn't be expected to do anything. No. That's so crazy. Uh, yeah. You I, babysat, yeah? I was like sometimes for my cousins. Okay. But I was also like 15 or 14. Uh-huh. Too little. Yeah, that is young. Crazy. But it's, then like my mom and her sister were like, my mom was babysitting when she was like, single digits mm. <laughs> like, it's like their attitude is like what are you talking about <laughs> you have your own bedroom and like there are several bath towels like yeah you're fine. my dad got my dad got sent to the grocery when he was like five years old in brooklyn and he would go to dodgers games by himself with his younger brother who was like three what? and he was like and then people would buy us food and things it's just it's like so people would crazy. buy us food oh my god no wonder people were murderers <laughs> My mom once, I a couple weeks ago, I, I watched her realize how far away she would walk to church by herself on Sundays. She would get herself up, get dressed, and walk a mile and a half to church when she was four years old. She really would. A mile and a half. Isn't that crazy? Whoa. She grew up in Long Island? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Too far. That's nuts. Yeah. Um, the illustration, a very- The biggest heads. Yeah. It's a very Saoirse Ronan, I think. Oh, I- I, the hair style is Saoirse Ronan, but yeah. I couldn't disagree more. <laughs> Casting-wise, this woman is a potato. <laughs> like, she's got the baby is two potatoes. The baby is the, the she's the baby is very much a Eisenhower or no the one of those Muppet babies that like a man hits on the head and they sing a song. Oh, I don't know that. Yeah, there's don't like do that. yeah, it's a terrible idea. Babies are bad singers to begin with. <laughs> She's wearing some Mary Jane shoes with some lacy socks, and there's a rotary phone on the floor. She's got like a cardigan on. She looks 40. Yeah. And she's sitting on a like a, a black poof. square. Yeah. Yeah, there's something very austere about her. I don't like it. Um, man, I don't want to get murdered. Yeah, I I think <laughs> I think probably the odds are we won't. I guess so. I just like I don't identify with murderers at all because I'm like, what do you? So that guy was, when you were reading it this time, I was picturing him. He was sitting upstairs mm. with a phone. Yeah. Just sitting there. Just waiting. Just waiting. Mm. And then he would call and be like, one more hour. And it was like, you scheduled this? <laughs> yeah. What's the time importance? I don't know. Yeah. And then he walks downstairs smiling. What if that was his entire plan? If he was like, <laughs> look. These kids are going to lose their minds when I come downstairs smiling. I'll dazzle them with my smile because I just got my braces off. <laughs> That's it was he was up. He was at the orthodontist upstairs. Yeah. They didn't know was there. It's a one on one. they were taking his braces off and he was like one more hour. <laughs> it's a one on one ad campaign for Invisalign. <laughs> it really is. Terrify some kids with your perfect smile. They don't even know I have braces on. <laughs> he, and he comes down and what he was going to, like the next phone call was going to be like, my teeth feel slimy when I lick them now. <laughs> That's what, it, it's invariable. 
whenever a kid gets their braces off, that's like one of the first sentences they say. I know. It's, yeah. They're not used to not having hardware. And the word slimy. hate that. Kids are awful. Did you have an expander? No, I had braces, but I didn't have that. Oh, yeah. Did you have braces? I had braces and an expander. Oh, wait, I, so that's on the roof of your mouth? And yeah, it, it's a horrible thing. First of all, it's like a centimeter off the roof of your mouth, so food gets stuck up there. Ew! And truly, I would have to, with almost every bite of food, kind of privately go like, <sighs> no. to like blow it out, which, you know. Great and unhealthy weight loss tool. I hate that so much. Um, and Ew. and then it just it's so like draconian and medieval to do that. I can't believe we can fix our eyes with lasers, but to like widen our palate, it takes like a metal spider. Nope, metal spider. <laughs> and also, my parents scheduled it on my birthday. No, what, which feels like bullying. That's rude. Right before I started. High school. I guess the orthodontist only works. One day a week over the summer. <laughs> maybe, know. maybe. I honestly, if you're listening to this, you have children, make them be an orthodontist, I think. <laughs> right? Isn't it a very good career? I think that's a great career. Should we take a little break? Yeah. Wow. When you last left us, we were talking about orthodontia being a great career. And listeners, we still feel that way. We do. We, we talked about it when you guys were listening to the ad. We still feel that way. My orthodontist was kind of um, a... A more sort of like leopard energy, like sexual energy, Chris Kattan, which was very like wow, jarring for lack That's of a better term. for an orthodontist. Yeah. Oh. And the thing that I didn't love is that his, I, his, he wore too much cologne and then the, the like smell of it would be in my mouth no. when he'd be doing it. And it was, I believe, jupe. Jupe? Yeah. What is that? Jupe was like a late 90s, early 2000s cologne. Oh, was, no. I'm, I'm sure it's still around. You had a horny orthodontist. Yeah, it was strange. I mean, it's Palm Beach, you know, so it's like everyone's oh, looking for something, you know? That's everyone's on the prowl. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I had a doctor that I used to go to where they said someone there had a fragrance allergy, and they wouldn't tell you which doctor it was, but that you weren't allowed to wear deodorant <gasps> to the doctor's office. And um, I couldn't be like... Uh, can you just tell me if it's right? Is mine because I hate that. And is someone are you worried about being discriminated discriminated against because they have a fragrance allergy? I think a fragrance allergy is like the redheaded stepchild of allergies, <laughs> where like people are like, it is a real allergy, and everyone's like, okay. <laughs> well, that's there was a professor at NYU who had a fragrance allergy, and I wanted to take her course, but I was like, I the concept of being in a room of a hundred college students who were not able to wear deodorant was hard. You know? No, I know. I am. This is so hard because I'm like a good person, I think, who cares about <laughs> other people. But I'm also like, fuck you. <laughs> Get a different nose. <laughs> Be different. Suffer. I don't care. I'm not changing myself. I paid $70 for this cologne that's going to last me eight, three years. And I feel like wearing it. <laughs> I am. Um... I, I'm sure I've mentioned this in the podcast before, but the the most effective tool I've seen on an airplane of like telling people not to open peanuts or whatever. So like sometimes if someone has a peanut allergy, yeah. the flight attendant will make an announcement that's like to a section being like, hey, so there's a person in the section with a peanut allergy, like don't open anything with peanuts. And her her what she preyed upon was the fact that everyone is inherently selfish. And she was like, if that happens, we're going to have to emergency land the plane. And that's going to be a much longer travel day for you. And I was like, wow. Shit. She got it. 
She got it. She knows she's comfortable with human nature yeah, as you, it is. You cannot appeal to people's decency. No. Yeah. It would. No one would have batted an eye if she'd be like, this person will die on this airplane next to you and it'll be your fault if they'll, you have peanuts. They'll shrink. They'll yeah. be a tiny peanut. They'll turn into a peanut. <laughs> yeah. The concept of like getting stuck in Boulder, Colorado for like an extra hour is a nightmare to people. I... I hate that for them. <laughs> Good for them, honestly. Uh, should we cast this baby? Yeah. Well, what else is scary about it? Oh, sure. Um, I think uh, unknown entity in your home. Yes. Yeah. You you always like to think that your paranoia is going to be shown to be paranoia. Oh yeah. You don't ever think it's going to be an actual thing in the house, and then when it is. It's very scary. Yeah, and I think it, it's funny. I think there's like some there there could be in a lot of scary stories, and there there is in a lot of scary stories like a mental health stigma that's like create yeah. like people with mental illness some want to not. hurt you and and kill you. Yeah, and this one to me, it it uh, the implication to me is like this person just wishes to to cause harm. You know, yeah, like the she like Doreen misjudges it as like this is some crazy person. It's like no, this is a person who really thought everything through and had a plan, uh-huh. and like you know wants to read a watch, uh, and that to me feels like people who have people who have harmful plans are scary. Yeah, I, I just don't like I don't like babysitting. Like I'm already scared by that idea. Yeah, to be in children's space with them when they know the rules and you're like. Sort of new there. But I used to fantasize, like as a kid, I used to fantasize about kind of going through a crisis with a babysitter. <laughs> you know? <gasps> like more. Th- okay. So I think in my head, I would, I used to write stories about this that I was like, this really? would be the most exciting thing I can imagine, which would be like, all my brothers would have sports games. They wouldn't be around. I'd have like, <laughs> uh, I'd have a babysitter, maybe Carrie Dietz, the da- oldest daughter of a family friend who was the best. Um, and I just... I would I would just like would think like what would happen if like there was a snowstorm and like no one could get it and we were just <gasps> stuck and like we had to or or that like there was an animal in the attic you know I just would think about going through all of these crises and I don't know yeah I, that's so funny I think I was like hungry for drama and going through like going through something with like a strong female lead like I was more than happy to like. I was more than happy to like be the obstacle in the narrative of my babysitter story. You know what I mean? Like I've got to get this kid out of here. I love that for some reason. You have been 32 years old since you were eight. That is so funny. I'm just a dumb kid. The babysitter's the hero. <laughs> Good for you. I'm sure, I can unpack that so with my cute. therapist that I don't have yet. Oh my god! But I soon will. <laughs> oh my god! Good for you. Yeah, that I <laughs> through an adventure. I know. I think I fantasized about like being in a space where like the normal adults who could help you weren't there. Yeah, I think that's very thrilling. Mm-hmm. Um, but from an adult standpoint, I just think about the parents. The parents are not in this story. No. But I'd I'd be paying that babysitter so much money for the rest of my life. That might be kind of a tool of this story. Like we don't think – we think of this as being a scary story for teenagers who babysit or for children who are babysat. But also this is kind of a a frightening story for parents. Yeah. So maybe the whole ploy of this was just to like up rates, you know. I think also it's a scary story for people with mental illness because like this could be you. (laughs) 
I did keep you see taking that? your Wellbutrin. Did you see that Twitter thread of uh, people who babysat talking about ways in which they were shamed by the parents they babysat for about what they ate in the fridge? No. <laughs> Where they'd be like, eat whatever in the fridge or the pantry. And then like the next time would be like, um, so now like please don't dig into the cheese drawer. Like something <laughs> which to me oh. that you just – if you're a parent and you give carte blanche to to say like whatever in the kitchen is yours, you have to live with that. You made that decision. Yeah. I can't imagine saying help yourself to anything in the fridge. Yeah. Even though that's such like a known thing to say. Right. It's a health crisis. It's a health crisis. I don't trust your hands. Right. I don't know your appetite. Right. And I don't know. I can't vouch for the for all the stuff in my pantry and fridge. I know. Most of it is rotten. <laughs> It's growing. <laughs> yeah, my mom has a very um, like devil may care attitude to expiration dates. Oh She's yeah, never led me astray. Like, there's never been anything that's like. But I sometimes, trust her. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes, like, with, particularly with dressing, I'll be like, hmm, th- this brand's logo has changed, and it changed <laughs> like 12 years ago. <laughs> the the label has changed color. It's darker now because it's absorbed so much oil that has seeped through the glass. <laughs> Um, yeah, in my mind, eggs don't go bad. I have eggs from before Christmas that I think, you know, I think I read somewhere that they last two months. Yeah. Refrigerated. I'm a, I keep telling myself I'm going to try, but then I'm nervous. So I put it off and Mm. then I'm like more nervous. Well, you'll know that you can't eat them. You know what I mean? Like there's a fail safe. Well, the smell. Yeah. But I think I'm dumb. No, (laughs) I don't. You are not. (sighs) I just don't know how to trust my own senses. I'm like, yeah. someone else would know that this smells bad. I had that. I had that. Exp- you Have you ever eat, eaten a thing and been like, is that, did I just poison myself? Or is that how this has always tasted? Every just weird? single day. <laughs> Every day. I gaslight my tongue all the time. <laughs> Every day of my life. Wow. I also think I'm above being food poisoned, so I'm very arrogant. Mm. Anyway. Yeah, that food poisoning is scary. I'm always scared about it before a flight. And I and yet I always eat something before a flight that I'm like, I'm definitely gonna get food poisoning from that. Oh, I'll bring food on a flight to then have wherever I'm going, like a meal or something, and oh, then yeah. I'll leave it there for five hours and then I'll get to where I'm going and it's been seven hours and I'm like, I'm gonna throw <laughs> My- Or I just take rotten food on a, a flight <laughs> to go on a little trip. My uncle used to work for the health department of New York, and he said the most likely place that you're going to get food poisoning is from salad bars. He was like, <gasps> I never use a salad bar. makes so much sense. It's like all raw food sitting out. He worked on the the food department? Yeah. <laughs> on the food department? Thank you for your service. <laughs> he served. I worked on the food department. Uh, yeah, he worked for the, for like the, I believe the public health, like department of. That's so cool. Yeah. It was really interesting and also scary. And sometimes it'd be hard to tell like what were like uncle jokes and what were like him actually warning me about a thing. Um, well now that you are sometimes a babysitter, do you ever have these fears? I, yeah, that is, that is the final scary thing about this story is being responsible for someone else's kids is very scary. Yeah. Um, I have. They're so soft. They're so soft. They want to die. Most children, <laughs> they don't, they don't know. They, they are constantly yeah. putting themselves in they danger. They want the cement stairs. Wherever the cement stairs are, they are gunning for it. And the worst possible age is when they know something's dangerous. And when you're like, hey, be careful. And they're like, I know. And then they're like still doing it. No. Um, 
I think maybe the there have been a couple of really tense moments for me. A recent one in terms of babysitting was my my in my parents' home. Uh, there's a loft and a spiral staircase that goes up yeah. to it in the family room, and um, it has a perfect space between the um, like wooden poles of the banister yeah. for a child to put their head and get stuck. And uh, and yeah, my nephew Preston just wants no. his head to get stuck in those so bad. He just Preston. wants his head to get stuck in this. How old is Preston now? Five. Preston, which is a little too old to want to get your, your head noodle, stuck in the spokes. Preston. Yeah, come on. And um, he he will just do it all the time. And now he knows that it's now he knows it's a thing he shouldn't do. And also, he's like at that age where he kind of thinks everything's a joke. And uh, like, also, they're not oh. my kids, so it's like not my place to be like parenting them but I am responsible for keeping them out of danger when like I'm watching them and so he put his head in one time uh, and then began to do the panic where like it yeah. reached past the ears and he yeah, didn't want to yeah, go yeah. back because it would hurt and um, <laughs> and uh, I, I'm really kind of famous for my lack of spatial awareness um, I'm like uh-huh. I'm like bad at playing Mario Kart like I don't understand the distance of things <laughs> and impact or whatever but I did think and I, I did the thing where I realized that the space was a little wider at the top than the bottom. And so I lifted him up, which was, again, a very scary thing. Oh, my God. Because, like, if something goes wrong and I, like, you know, get at a weird angle, that's going to pop right yeah. off. Uh, and we got so him No out. blood. Clean. No <laughs> Kids, famously, don't have blood. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> you get that at college. <laughs> that's why yeah. it costs so much. Once you read Howard's in, the blood comes in. <laughs> um, and that's a rhyme that you're welcome to use. No. Um, so yeah, but I got him out. Yeah, that is very scary to me watching children that aren't mine. And then, and then Wait, one day so you got him out. I got him out. You lifted him up and, and then could... it was like nothing had happened at all. He just ran. He put his head right back in. I think I'm scared of a kid throwing up on my watch. Yeah. Cause you never know if that's like, right. They just ate a sock or something or if that's indicative of, <laughs> it could mean, it could mean anything. I know. Um, should we cast it? Let's cast it. Okay. Um, Babysitter, I'd say Florence Pugh if she weren't. Oh dating. yeah, that's mm. fine. We don't shame people for their choices. No, we have no opinions Mm-mm. about anything. None. Nor opinions. I've never thought a single thing. <laughs> Is it a Florence Pugh? Yeah, she can do anything. I just saw. I just saw Little Women. She's so good in it. God, she's so good. Wow. I loved it. I thought it was so great. If I were 19 and saw that movie, I'd be trying to be Florence Pugh for the rest of my life. Yeah. Like, There's a video of her eating British foods. Like some, I feel like BuzzFeed or someone was like, here's Florence Pugh for 15 minutes. Gnawing eat. on blood sausage. No forks. I think hands behind her back. Sausage. Uh, yeah. Or toad in a hole or like bubble and squeak. I don't know. There's, they all. bubble and squeak? Bubble and squeak is kind of like a Yorkshire pudding type thing. I would never. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know. That's like a popover. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bread. It's a bread. Um, bubble and squeak. Yeah, Florence Pugh's the right choice for that. Yeah. Um, Bubble and Squeak, I'd cast as the kids. <laughs> um, Bubble and Squeak are an EDM group. Uh, they're yeah, really great. They're really good. They're actually nephew and uncle. <laughs> um, wait, uh, the kids I'd cast as like minions. Maybe they're minions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely either um, definitely either CGI children or adults shrunk to CGI sizes to be children. Yeah, like for sure. 
like that Key and Peele sketch where um, Jordan Peele plays a baby version of Forrest Whitaker. And it is so deeply good and chilling. Um, That's kind of my, that's kind of my, like an adult head on like a, on like a child body is my best pitch. That's hard. That's hard. Yeah. Um, I started watching The Masked Singer last night on mute at a bar, which is a very, not the way to watch Masked Singer, because uh, the only information you get is someone in a big outfit where they can't move, and it's just like, those captions. <laughs> very funny. And you just really appreciate the backup dancers. Wow. Um, but they, when they're guessing, they drop the head of the famous person on the, uh, like, digitally, they'll oh, just have yeah. the, head, the head drop on, and it's way too big. They're so bad at guessing. I watched the Masked Singer. Oh for the my first god, time it's unbelievable! It, Wait, it was Lil Wayne. It was Lil Wayne, and he was the first, the one, first off. one off. You, all the judges were standing and looked absolutely horrified at them. They were so embarrassed, deeply. Well, I would not have got. I definitely thought it was um, going to be an athlete, but because yeah. I feel like the, all the clues were kind of going there. But what a what a gag! Lil I Wayne. thought Steve-O was a good guess based on it being on mute. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that just feels right. But Lil Wayne, everyone, so they were like, why are you here? And he was like, I watched a show with my kids. Yeah, which is sweet. <laughs> it was so it sweet. Was very sweet. That's the only good reason to go on Mass Singer. Yeah. I would cast Lil Wayne as, I guess, the operator. Yeah, in the robot suit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> with two backup dancers dressed like lab, <laughs> lab professionals. Um, yeah, it's so, gosh, think of all the calories Ken Jong burns from. Just hosting that moving. show, just moving. I know. It's constantly getting up. One of them guessed Sean White, which is the most embarrassing thing. I know. Although Sean White is exactly who would be on that show. I don't know. But not for that right, not for that thing. He seems like more of a full nothing who has been brandified. Uh-huh. I don't know. It is in past seasons when I've seen Oscar Montoya like posts his uh-huh. guesses of who they are. And really? He's amazing at Oh it. my he's god. Really uh and so I've seen from that and I'm 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 disturbed by how often I'm like, I have no idea who that person is. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, it's like once you watch the show a lot, I think you get better at guess. It's sort of like doing crosswords where like yeah. it is a puzzle, but the more you do it. Well, then also, but when they reveal them, I'm like, mm, I don't know. You know, like when it's a video game celebrity or something like, like oh, I refuse yeah. to believe that like J- Jenny McCarthy knows who, you know, those people are. And they have to be like, oh, my God, it's blah, blah, blah. I know. Um. It's so weird. The funniest to me is the little monster, like Miss Monster costume. I love Miss Monster. <laughs> I might go as Miss Monster for Strengths, Halloween. eye contact, yeah. weaknesses, peripheral, peripheral vision. vision. Yeah, really good. Hire me. <laughs> Hire me, Miss Monster. <laughs> I'd uh, love to see uh, an esteemed playwright write for that show, like Jeremy O'Harris or or yeah. Annie Baker or something. John Patrick Shanley <laughs> writing the intro, writing the packages. <laughs> Um, um, but I would cast Miss Monster as the crazy person for sure. Yeah, that's good. Miss Smi- Monster from Mass Singer. Smiling in a strange way. Smiling in a strange <laughs> That would be very scary. She if, has wild eyes. If she just walked down your stairs. Yeah. That's scary. Wait, so when they're talking in their packages, who is talking? Is it their, their voice or is it someone else? I... I, it is them, but they are. It's put through like a filter where they speak differently. Oh, that's not enough. Yeah. Anyway, my, I ruined my sister-in-law Abby. I was watching it with her, and she loves it, and uh, which I admire. I'm like, yeah, love that show. Great. I'm gonna get very much into this show. Me Watch too. Me. And uh, she, I, but I ruined. I pulled back the curtain. I ruined it for her. Why? 
because she was like, I can't believe we can, like, she was like, I can't believe we can hear them so well. And like, they sing so well. And I'm like, well, all the songs are definitely pre recorded. And I like saw something oh, in her die. No. She was like, do you think so? I'm like, oh, yeah, there's nothing. And then I was like, kind of trying to backtrack where I was like, I could be wrong. But um, then it's no. funny to think about it's just, you know, like Deanne Warwick on stage. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> When you think about certain things, they become very funny. I realized recently that at the end of every Saturday Night Live episode, after the end of every insane week, the last thing they have to do is hug each other on TV. (laughs) It's very funny. Oh, man. You had a football player. Big football player. J.J. Watt? J.J. Watt. Yeah. Strong, proud. Big. Good. Yes. Absolutely. He seemed like a good... The opening monologue was very good. Oh, good. I'm glad. He delivered it very well. He did a good job. We're proud. We're proud of the strong man who does our (laughs) job and then also is a straight-up action figure. He will be our leader now. I'd vote vote for his... For him. (laughs) For anything. For his him. Uh, Comptroller. Um, We're both just kicking the microphone on purpose. No, you're not. You're evil. (laughs) Guys, this has been a true pleasure. Thank you for this story. You're very welcome. Did anything real quick spooky happen to you this week? Yes. Guess the spooky thing. Um, It wasn't spooky. It was a little eerie, but good. But I like it. Um, I, I don't go to bars much anymore cause yep. I don't, I, I can't drink. I had my privileges revoked, um, <laughs> by the world and, but I kind of miss them. Like I mm. miss, cause when you go to a restaurant, you have to sit in the same place the whole time. Right in a bar you can wander. And coffee shop is kind of like, who is this for? Like whenever people are like, let's get coffee. I'm like, drink coffee at three o'clock. Why? <laughs> um, but a bar is so fun cause you can go wherever you want and, I like skee ball in my head, but I never play it. And oh, yeah. I have been aware that there are certain skee ball bars. And Jason and I, after his team lost, we went to this bar in the East Village and it was like a very spooky night oh. and it was warm and people were like shouting and uh, just like around. Just yeah, like okay. people were like, it felt like Halloween it's vibes where people oh, would go very like, much, yeah. they'd go like, Kansas City. <laughs> and then people would just keep walking. But it was like misty and like sort of warm and weird. And we were, there was like this big empty bar that looked like a haunted house a little bit, like a haunted house version of a bar. And then in the back, there were just two skee-ball machines. Like you made and a wish. Just, I know. It very much felt like Zoltar, oh, like... Spooky. Yeah. But then Jason and I played. It was really fun. That is really nice. A spooky thing turned into a fun thing. Spooky thing turned into a fun... It was just like a spooky bar that we enjoyed. Yeah. That's great. Um, did anything spooky happen to you this week? Mine's super brief. I was on the LIRR the other night heading home Always to spooky. my in-laws to visit with them. And um, when the ticket taker came by to look at my ticket on my phone, I accidentally just showed him a picture of Alf. And I didn't know. I was Andrew, showing someone a picture of Alf Andrew, earlier. Andrew. <laughs> Andrew. What? And uh, I just You've wasn't paying reached. attention. I just pointed it to them. And um, the ticket taker... Looked at me and was like, "I think you need to it. You need to show me your ticket." And then I, I looked. I think that I could be wrong. <laughs> that for me is a picture of Alf. Oh 
You are kicking every no, microphone. I'm not, I'm not kicking. It's, oh, it's just my leg is my leg is up against the leg of the table, and yeah. it makes a creak. But it, but kicking it, it's making every microphone <laughs> echo like it's falling down a metal pit. Wow! And that is yet another great skill of mine. Thank you. You showed them Alf. I showed them Alf. That was the spooky thing. That's it. That's it's spooky to spooky. it's spooky to do. I was the laughing man in the you story to that ticker. Yeah, I was some not. You just gave that person a very happy day i did anna it's Andrew, a just as always one of the great joys of my life the only good moment you're the only <laughs> sweetness in my day and everybody else get, get out. out forever dog this has been a forever dog production executive produced by dog. brett boehm joe cilio and alex ramsey for more original dog. podcasts please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram, at Forever Dog Team, and liking our page on Facebook.